And hello. We're hello. <laughs> Great to Look be back. at us. Podcast number eight. I know. Mm. At least it's not number six. Or was it five last week? We couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we probably missed out a couple. You know, we'll get to the stage where we can look back and go, whatever happened to number six? No. <laughs> well, there is a reason why we're high as kites more than normal this week. <laughs> we're doing we are this doing from... our first remote. Yes. First lockdown. Podcast. First lockdown podcast. It's oh, been funny. interesting. So far, <laughs> we have to have a huge shout out to our amazing friend oh. and sound engineer, Hamish from Sound Sound. You can find them at soundsound.co.uk. Absolutely. And you can find three middle aged women camping out in this garden. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him today. I felt so sorry because he was like, he's trying to deal with three women. Uh, so like, I mean, literally going down from the, the instructions of, no, you take, you turn the, the, the cable over so you can plug it into the microphone. Like, no, no, the other way up. No, no, the other way up. No, the other fit. way up. <laughs> And I've meanwhile, got the wrong cable. Meanwhile, the three of us are just wetting ourselves, having to go and change our pants because we are laughing so much. And, oh, my gosh, the patience of the man. Oh. So poor Hamish, two and a half hours later, here we are. <laughs> so here Hamish, we, we really, really, really do appreciate you. We do. So we are. You, we do. We're we, your we number one fans. Yeah. Huge. And and yeah, soundsound.co.uk. It is the only place to go. Yes. For definitely. any kind of sound recording. Is I'm currently. And he's good at crisis counselling too. <laughs> and and uh, and tech support. There's um. No, I'm actually doing my um audiobook with him. The latest one for the the psychopath. So I I was with him yesterday. All day yesterday. I'm going to be with him all day tomorrow. <laughs> he's going to be sick of the sight of me. Well, um, now that brings so. us into the, the big news of the podcast because the podcast is evolving as we speak we're like little rabbits <laughs> caught in the headlight <laughs> yeah but actually you know there is a theme it's not just thrown together this podcast is it never, girls? no never no no we, no we 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 work hard really so, hard at, at putting this together <laughs> so the theme for this week is writing for an audience but yeah. one of us one of us has been experiencing more excitement than usual with our audience and we want to Give Mary Turner Thompson a good five or ten minutes to explain what's been going on this week in your literary life because we have been living vicariously through you. Oh, bless. <laughs> no, I've um I I've been having some some relative success this week. I'm I'm currently in the top ten top top twenty most sold books on Amazon UK. Hey! And on Sunday, I got to number one in Australia. So I was number one on Kindle in Australia. So yeah, it's it's been mental. It's just been so cool, actually. Um, and just watching the sales go, yeah, I just, I, I love, I mean, one of the lovely things when you're self-published, you see the sales every day. You know, if you're traditionally published, you usually see them uh, every six months. You see yeah. what the result is. Um, the lovely thing about my publishers, Little A, is they have a publisher's platform. They have a, an author platform. So you see day by day what your sales are, even though you're traditionally published. So it's a really, I mean, there's no reason why people can't do that nowadays. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm so impressed with them. I really am. Little A publishing, absolutely brilliant. So, mm-hmm. um I'll tell you but how they brilliant certainly, they, they are. certainly know what they're doing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how brilliant they are. Every time I switch on my Kindle, 
Um, and you, Kindle, that was, was delivered on Saturday, every single time I switch it on, this is, this is a book that's recommended for you. Uh-huh. And it comes up. And does it give you best. mine? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it genuinely gives me, it gives me yours. Oh, seriously? That's fantastic. Yeah. It's your book is my, basically, they've put it on my homepage. So every time I switch <laughs> it on, you're going to love this book. And I was so impressed by that, actually. <gasps> that is impressive, actually. Isn't that it? Is, yeah. Isn't uh, it? <laughs> I can imagine you literally, every time you switch on your Kindle, you're just going, oh, go away. <laughs> Get lost. I love Get it. off my Kindle. You know? <laughs> I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So what, what I'm um, really interested in is when we're talking about writing for a specific audience, yeah. you're fortunate in that you know who your audience is right yes. down to yes. a minute detail. Tell us about that. Well, one of, one of the great things, I mean, because I've been published for 13 years now, um, so and, and I've worked out through Facebook advertising who my audience were anyway. But now with this um, author platform through uh, Amazon, Amazon Pub, um, they actually give you a breakdown of your gender and age of the people that are buying your book because people are buying it on Amazon. Amazon know what the what the gender and age are. So I can see where they are, what country they're in, what district they're in, what uh, you know, what their what their age is and what their gender is. So eighty five percent of my readers are female, and mm. over eighty percent of them are over the age of forty six. So, I mean, that's a massively huge piece of information because it means yeah. if you are going to do something like Facebook advertising, you know exactly who to target and you're not doing a blanket targeting campaign that ends up, you know, going everywhere and only just hitting, you know, 10% of your actual target market. So it's really important. It is really important to know who your audience is. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean that that men in their 20s don't read my book. It's just there are much fewer of them than there are women in their mm -hmm. 50s. So... Um, well, it's true. Yeah. It's like putting, um, oh, I'm going to be rude now, but it's like putting <laughs> a box of tampons into onto a shelf uh, where there are, um, you know, hammers and nails and, and tackety boots. Do you know yeah. what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah, yes. they're available for sale, but actually yeah. they're, they're not reaching your, your, your target, the target audience. target audience, yeah. It's actually sort of marketing-wise, there was actually a very funny... Um, thing that the supermarkets did is they actually know when they put the end aisles they they put these items that are completely random on the end aisles that aren't connected to the aisle that they're sort of and they were actually putting nappies on the beer aisle they were actually putting <laughs> nappies at the end of the beer aisle and uh and somebody said you know why on earth are you doing that you know why why are you putting nappies at the end of the the beer and they were in the, so because they had identified that when the men came in to buy nappies <laughs> they would buy beer as well <laughs> <laughs> if the beer was near the nappies, you know, so they actually worked out, you know, by watching people's patterns of behaviour, they actually realised that the men going for the, the really newborn nappies, you know, <laughs> they would end up buying beer as well. I thought that was great, but yeah, it was like there's that add-on, add-on marketing as well. But yeah, really, really important. Any business, whatever business, you yeah. know, and writing is a business. You have to know your audience. You have to know who your target market is, you know. So. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? You know, um, we have a number of whisperings mm. and uh, because we are the book whisperers. Where can you find us? Uh, www.thebookwhisperers.com. Www. Look at us. Yeah. We're so on it. 
<laughs> but one of the whisperings, uh, one of the questions that, that has been uh, uh, given to us over Facebook mm-hmm. is all about how do you reconcile your need to be creative with the need to also run a business? Yeah. And it's it's a good question, that, isn't it? You have to be canny. Yeah. Definitely have to be canny. Try and try and um try and amalgamate the two, really. Um, yeah. So how how do you do that, Lee? Well, first of all, like you say, you identify your tar- target audience. You write what you've written, but you try and make sure that you've got an identified audience that will take up on on what you've written. There's no point in writing about spanners and and aiming at, at middle class women. You know, <laughs> they might because like spanners. They might. They might. But I doubt it. <laughs> it's like you can imagine being um, books like Fifty Shades being uh, aimed at uh, teenage men. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it's just doesn't gonna, work, does it? Gonna, yeah, no, it's not going to run. Um, well, that segues into the next question, which is sub. And it's uh, the the question I think is really interesting. Subconsciously, do writers write for people like themselves? I think. Oh, that's probably. a really good question. It, I mean, it could. Yeah, it could quite yeah. potentially be possible. Yeah, I, I certainly did. Yeah. I certainly yeah. did. I wrote. I wrote my book so that other people wouldn't go through what I went through. So I was literally writing, you know, for myself. Um, but I'm now writing a novel, and so I'm trying to write that um, based more on the, the audience that I'm that already reads my books, mm-hmm. which is kind of empathic women, basically. Because um, I have noticed that the non-empathic over over forty six women um, are the ones that tend to not review my books so nicely. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's so yes, it's no. So it's not just women. Eighty-five uh, percent women over forty-six, etc. It's actually, you know, when you when you get the reviews, I can see the ones the ones that have been through something similar, or the ones that are, that say, you know, oh, I, this could have happened to me. Those are the ones that tend to have more empathy than the ones who are kind of middle scale. Um, who it, so it's the ones that have, that can identify with it. Yeah. Then. Yeah. But I mean, it's that there are people. I used to get really confused in the early days because people would review it and say, "This would never have happened to me." How silly is this woman? Blah blah blah. And and I just thought, you know, well, you know, that's a bit uh, naive in itself, thinking it would never happen to you. But actually, I realised that it wouldn't have never happened to them because they would never have taken the the psychopaths don't target non-empathic people so the first thing they'll do is they'll say um you know sort of like oh i had a terrible childhood or whatever and it's like the person the the the, the target the empathic target turns around and goes oh poor you you poor thing they become a target the ones that go well what do you expect me to do about it (laughs) won't become a target so they (laughs) will never get they will never walk in those shoes they will never experience that because they won't be targeted by these people in the first place Mm -hmm. so my my target audience are the more empathic people who would say, you know, oh, you poor thing, bad luck, you know, because that's 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 who is going to benefit from reading my book, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, you can get really very specific with it. So, what about you, Sue? I remember you telling me, Sue, that you're you've got you you actually have a name for your audience. I do, yeah. I do. I write for a specific lady. Yeah, <laughs> come on, she, tell she us about Nora. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's she's often called Nora. Sometimes she's called Catherine. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Sometimes she's called Morag, actually. Um, I know exactly. Morag. (laughs) Yeah. She's got a lovely hoose. She keeps a lovely hoose. It's lovely and clean and it's sparkly and it's very cosy. It's very tweedy. Is it tweedy? It is. is. She does. She has a lovely natty sort of um, tweed twin set off and on. Um, She's got lovely shoes that match her bag all the time. She'd never be seen dead going out unless she's And does she wear a perim? A green perm. <laughs> Do you know what? She doesn't. <laughs> but she has one of those cropped haircuts like Judy Dench. Ah. Uh, she she watches Britain's Got Talent. Uh, she likes I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, but she wouldn't tell a soul about that. That's her guilty <laughs> secret. She uh, she likes to make her own soup. And does she have sewer plums on a Sunday? She likes sewer plums. <laughs> she does. I know exactly, and I and I know that she buys my books for other people, not for herself. She's never for herself. She's and got she's lots a sherry drinker. <laughs> she likes a nice wee sherry and a and a yeah. cheeky wee gin on a Saturday. <laughs> it's very specific. It, it, do you know what? It's it's so specific. I I know the contents of her fridge. <laughs> Genuinely, I completely know, and, you, and I do have her in mind every time I, I write. Genuinely, uh, you I do. genuinely actually think of her when you're when you're writing. Your, She's your my friend. She's uh-huh. my genuinely respected friend. And is she, actually, is she I've got your a wonderful ego Facebook. as well. <laughs> well, I, I think she's the lady I would want to be because she's got all her ducks in order. Uh-huh. You know? And yeah, she, she's really quite cool. And actually, when I, I started sort of tending to my Facebook page, which I didn't do until lockdown, you know, a lot of, of really adorable, adorable ladies uh, are on my Facebook page and and some of them have become my friends. Uh-huh. Oh, and that's uh, lovely. and I do write for them as well. You know, yeah. I, I do. And and they're very vocal on our Facebook page. They will come back and say, Well you haven't got that right, dear. You haven't <laughs> got that right. So so work on that a wee bit more and come back tomorrow. And often I've had to go back to my Facebook page and I'm saying i I'm really sorry I didn't hit the mark. No you didn't eh? you never <laughs> And I love that so much. I value that because that's that is my business. Yeah, they yeah. are my business, and because it's a gift book business. But when I start to to write my novel, I was horrified, horrified to find that this wild middle aged woman who just couldn't get her act together, totally flaky. I realised halfway through the novel, it is me. <laughs> You know, she goes on a road trip like some mad woman, and yet that is me. It's just, <laughs> or even I've written a children's book called Big Morag the Tartan Fairy, who's this huge heifer who can't get herself into her tutu, who wears big tacky boots and is twice the size of the other fairies, but she flies really fast and she's big and strong, but she can't do the twinkling thing. And Andrew said, my other half said to me, so Morag, and I'm saying, who are you? Oh God, I'm Morag. <laughs> I'm even I have more to say, I, w- I want to read that though. Yeah. I, I might not be your target audience, but I so want to read that book. <laughs> it I, that's amazing. my magnum opus, big, Mo- big Morag the Tartan Fairy. Oh, I love that though. That's <laughs> yeah, the YouTube video is, is apparently going to be shot with me walking around Waitrose in a fairy outfit, going, "Yeah, there's nothing to see here," <laughs> can I, and I can don't I do anything there? apart from just go shopping. Can I, I be do there? Nothing. I want. Shall we all to do it? Oh, oh, we should. Yes. Oh, Mary, you've got to be in your taffeta ball gown with your tiara as well. <laughs> oh, would that be a brilliant? 
brilliant YouTube video. Just us, just doing our shopping, and and everybody's watching us, but actually we don't notice. Yeah. We just do our shopping. Okay, but what's Lee wearing? Um, a wimple, obviously. A wimple. Uh, of course, what, I, what I'll else? be in my wimple. I'll be in my wimple. So and what? Funny. And what else? It's just the wimple. You'll be just naked the with a wimple on. <laughs> So I'll be in my taffeta ball then, which I don't have, and and a tiara, which I don't have yet. The only thing you do have is the wimple and you don't need anything else. You just strip off naked (laughs) the wimple. I don't think I could do waitros like that, though. I'd have to have tassels. (laughs) Standing up the cheese aisle. Yes. Swinging them. And this stopped being a show for anyone. It has to be now an 18 rating. (laughs) Well, talking about 18 rating, we went Facebook Live last night and we had a little bit of a dilemma about the readings that we were going to do today. Oh, yes. And one of us went slightly off piste. <laughs> yes. Who I, would well, that be? Well, before we get into that, before we get into that, I want to, I want to uh, ask Lee about her audience. Oh, and, my and audience. For, for, for beasties and monsters. For beasties, and animals, and beasties and monsters. Well, that's definitely... And, and also your new book, which is going to be a completely different oh, audience, Oh, it's a complete it? departure. So Animals, Beasties and Monsters is aimed at children between 9 and 12 years old. So there's a specific age group. And I was deliberately trying to target boys in that. Hmm. So um, rather than the stories being about delicate fairies and fluffy things, I wrote stories that would largely well some of them would appeal to boys yeah um, as far is... as I was concerned so and, then, you know, and do you think that's because you've got a boy if you don't do you feel that that's yeah well it was it, it was it, that's what largely brought it about I've got a boy who doesn't like to read hark at that in a household full of... no it's it's it, <laughs> I've got a boy who doesn't like to read either it's not you know it's it, yeah. it, it's really tough to get boys to yeah. read. There's very little actually geared towards boys because they're they're a smaller audience for books. Yeah, very much so. So, so I mean, if I wrote, because that one is a collection of short stories, if I wrote a story and I'd get him to read them and if I got that's okay or that's that's great, hmm. if he said great, I mean, that yeah. I was really pushing the boat out. I, I'd, yeah. I'd knocked it out of the park as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So there, there are several in there that are specifically geared towards boys like the um the last of scotland's giants that's that's quite a funny one yeah. and i tried to put humor into it as well i must get zach to actually read your book yeah and sort of like when i realized it of course you know i didn't realize it was it was geared particularly for boys so yeah uh, I, I tried very much to much to do that shetland wolver is another one and that's sort of trying to deal with the emotional different difficulties that boys go through but don't talk about yeah. as well Excellent. so it's not and how, all... how does that vary with the book that you're about to bring out? Uh, the book that I'm about to bring out is Complete Departure. So that's aimed at middle-aged women, really. Um, uh-huh. Women who were, particularly people who were born in the 60s or ha- identify with the 60s era. Um, that makes because... me middle-aged. <laughs> uh, I hate, I I hate to give you some news. <laughs> Did you know that, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> it's just suddenly occurred to you. 
No, you should like to live term. to you, the hundred and hundred and twenty. Middle aged. You know. Middle aged oh, right. sounds. Ugh. All right, women of a of a certain young certain age. Certain of a young certain age. age. That, that's certain that's better. Age. That's yes. better. Just so like middle aged. It sounds. Let, <laughs> let's say I don't know fifty plus or forty five yeah. plus, something like that, um, because it it talks about life. It's in the nineteen sixties and seventies. You know, going to school in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's kind of a bit of a statement on women's lives. If you think about the 1960s, the 1960s was heralded as a time when women in the free world, you know, were able to have a real liberal life. And yet on the background of that, a lot of women were given these precepts, but it didn't necessarily happen. They were supposed to have it all, but yet there they were sort of trying to work and bring up children and expected to do too many roles, too many things and not enough help, yeah. really. You know, the men were still very much ensconced in their own... The division of labour was definitely there. The men did the men things and women did the women things, but... Um, well, and then did the men things as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you feel, Lee, that, that because you're a performer, you really are tuned in to the notion of writing for an audience? I'd like to think so. Um, I would like to think so. Like where I've done, I wrote, I co-wrote the Purple, White and Green, which is about suffragettes. That was geared, that was specifically geared to hit the centenary of the suffragette movement. Um, and it, it hit a feminist, feminist audience, but it was particularly about engaging and informing people about the suffragettes, what happened to them, what they went through. But the Scottish suffragettes, because the English have always, it, it's always been a monopoly that, the, that you know, Emmeline Pankhurst um, sort of, and she did lead it, but it seemed to emphasise that it was all very English rather than the Scots and what they did, because they, they did some phenomenal things up here. Things like, I don't know, slashing the king's portrait, setting fire to buildings, you know, Rutherford Mansions, and a whole load of things like that, you know, the horse at Kelso Races, all of those sort of things. Hmm. Um, and yet the emphasis, like I say, seems to be always pointing towards the English and not looking at what the Scots did and the fact that it was it was all echelons of, of the classes rather than middle class, which a lot of the emphasis is placed on. There were working class right the way through to the higher echelons that participated in this in, in very yeah. in many it's ways. It was something that bound them all together, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a beautiful thing, isn't it? When you hear an author, the way you speak, you know, sort of being fueled by fire. Yeah, you know, because you know, yeah. I think I think there's something unmistakable about that, especially when you're writing about factual things. Because I'm sure, maybe that's what fuels you as well. You know, oh, yeah. your writing is totally authentic and yeah. comes from a place of passion, and there's there's no substitute for that, is there? No. And so no. when the whisperers are talking about, because the, the next question is. Do you feel there's an element of compromise between the creative endeavour yeah. of writing and also the endeavour to to yeah. yes to be a commercial su success? Yeah, no, I think there definitely. I mean, uh, I think there definitely is. Although I think there are some people who write because they have a story they have to tell, mm -hmm. and. You know, some, sometimes they just they don't mind whether it sells books at all. They just want that to exist, like giving birth. You know, they want it to to be in the world, yeah. whether or not it actually sells lots of copies. And and let's be honest, like most books do not sell a lot of copies. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a sad fact, but it's true. And it's like the the there's so many. I mean, I think when um, uh, Fifty Shades came out, and it was selling so many copies, and it was such a big news item. But I just thought all the books that had been really worked so hard on that were on the shelves that just weren't getting any attention at all because Fifty Shades just took over. Um, and, you know, you just think of all those, those you know, people that had those marvellous, amazing, you know, stories out I'd there. really grafted. Just, yeah, yeah, I'd grafted really grafted to it and really, you know, had crafted their, their whole yeah, I just, I, I just, it kind of like it really upset me, you know, that there was one book was getting so much attention, um, and uh, and all the rest were kind of like just getting lost, lost and left behind. And it's like there's so so many good books out there that don't sell a lot of copies, but they, you know, I think the author really wanted their story to be out there. So it does depend on what the motivation is of the author, um, mm. and whether they feel that they need to make money from it. In which case, they need to actually do their marketing and find out what their what their actual uh, but the, target the other element want. of it is the market moves quite quickly yeah that's so true. It, it it's a diff- it is a difficult one to sort of marry marry up the, the two when yeah. i wrote midlothian folk tales um i wrote it primarily because i was passionate about the folk tales i i loved the idea of the local local area folk tales and and going off and mining them um and it was only as an afterthought after I'd written it, it was sort of like, well, actually, this probably will fit in with the tour- tourist market. Yeah. Um, and it did. It fitted really well. At that. And I think that's why the sales have continued. Yeah, it's gone um, so well. And will continue. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, I was having a conversation earlier with, with somebody who's genius author. And I was saying to her, you know, you're right. The, the days of just come out with the very best book you can. Mm. And then putting it out there in the hope that it's going to be discovered. Those 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 days don't exist. They don't. Yeah. You know, you have to have your left brain and your right brain working in harmony. So you have to be supremely creative, but you also have to be supremely businesslike to be able to get that, that book out into yeah. the world. And and it, unfortunately you're right, but but it is, I think, a fact of life, unless you are extremely lucky. And just happened to be discovered by a major publisher or, or a huge agent. Mm. Um, but it's it's just the way of it. Yeah. Mm. Now talking think, about the know, way of it. Yeah. So sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I apologise, Lee, for sort of leaping in to our next bit. But I know that that our podcast <laughs> yes. is a little bit. Um, we're we're we are not rushing through it today, but we've got a slightly different format. And uh, we did discuss the format last night. One of us has gone off piste. Who would that be? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder who that was. There was much debate about how we were going to step out of our comfort zones again and we were going to try and, and write for, write different, for audiences. different audiences. Yes. But I must confess, I'm, I think I've gone off piece as well, so you know, I'm not pointing the finger. Lee Taylor. <laughs> well, I have to say, I think I conned you both because uh, <gasps> I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, when we were talking about you know which audience we were going to go for, and I said, well, I'll do children because, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you let's you, you in with there that. Quick. Yeah, you did. I did. did. I got in there quick. really quick and said, oh, I'll do the children. And then I, after we came up with the different audiences we're going to write for, you know, I was thinking the whole time, you know, this is going to be a doddle. It's <laughs> 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 like, especially as we came up with the title as being, you know, this is the best party. The best party. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, though, I was writing mine. I had to take my son to hospital today. So I was writing it whilst waiting for the appointment. You know, so I was. I was <laughs> in my defence, <laughs> my Mrs. lord. Taylor, would you like to come? 
Mum, this way. Oh, just wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Mum, what's that you're writing? Oh, nothing, son, nothing. Just, you know, just carry on listening to your iPod or whatever. So, um, so we're yeah, going this... to draw straws, which is really interesting because we're, like, miles apart. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on a minute. Ooh, who would like to draw the first I'll draw? I'll draw one. There you go. <laughs> oh, Mary Turner Thompson, you've got the longest straw. Oh, so I'm going first, you... though. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just grab mine. <laughs> oh, oh, you've got a lovely medium-sized straw. Well done, Lee Taylor. <laughs> and the short straw so goes, goes to... to... And the winner is... <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm going the first, The best yeah? party. The best party. So my audience that I was given last night, or that I grabbed last night, grabbed. Uh, was children. So I was thinking, you know, okay, younger children, particularly because I've written for 10 to 12 year olds. So I was going, okay, it has to be a young child. Oh, no, she tells us. Yeah. Well, I mean, as in, I work with kids in schools. (laughs) (laughs) So they're usually like 10 to 12 year olds. Um, But, you know, so I was thinking, okay, younger, younger children. So I thought this isn't going to be too hard. Anyway, I bet you there's jelly in it, isn't there? There's going to be jelly. Got to be jelly. There's jelly in it. There is. Balloons. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did have balloons, but I think I took them out. Okay. <laughs> For silly reason. So, it's not very good. I'll tell you that to start with. Right. Okay. So, I've got to do my stretching, my performance. <laughs> performance we did last week. Right. So. The best party. The day was finally here. Breakfast was finally cleared. The cookies were finally baked. The cake was finally iced. The sausage rolls were finally warmed. The streamers were finally hung. The room was finally decorated. The guests had finally come. The presents were finally opened. The games were finally played. The jelly was finally wobbled. The candles were finally blown. The smiling guests finally left. The room was finally tidied. Teeth were finally brushed. Pyjamas were finally donned. Sleep finally came. That was the best party ever. Oh, oh lovely. It's <laughs> really lovely. Perfect. <laughs> As I say, I think I, I think I got the easiest. You did. <laughs> the easiest yeah. Well, I didn't finish mine. I just got so far and then I had to stop because it was Cameron's turn okay. to go. Go for it, though. Let's, let's right. see it. Come on. I okay. can't wait. To... So you have to tell us what your audience is as well. Right? My audience was middle-aged. Wait, it was erotica for middle-aged women. <laughs> I didn't choose it. It's not something I'm Nobody used to. Nobody chose it. It was the best party. <laughs> right. It's not that great, girls. So, um... <laughs> I love the fact that none of us think it's that great. I feel mortified. I don't know why. Okay. The best party I ever went to was one where I'd been picked up at the side of the road after my car had broken down. Normally, I would have refused to lift, but it was a cold night and darkness was closing round me. I saw the headlights first as the car moved, ghost-like, towards me. It slowed and the driver wound down his window. Inside, the car was warm. It smelled of leather and luxury. (laughs) Sorry. A dashboard of polished walnut, all silver knobs and gauges. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You should see the faces. (laughs) 
don't just know the word knobs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the driver had the most beautiful hands I'd ever seen on a man. Long, tapering fingers. The type that I'd imagine belonged to a pianist. His every move sensuous and strong. <laughs> He drove with his hand resting on the stick. <laughs> that was a really good party. Hang on, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> Shifting oh. up and down as the car sped along the narrow country lanes. She's rather good at this. She's we explained. Yeah. We exchanged pleasantries in the cosy dark until we arrived at the party. He didn't ask whether I wanted to go; just assumed, and he had assumed correctly. He took me by the hand and led me across the threshold. It was a confident touch, attentive yet solicitous. I warmed in the glow of his graze, leaned in closer, breathed in his musky smell. Oh, oh sorry! <laughs> that was Sue, not me. <laughs> OK. Susan, control yourself. We haven't even got to the exciting part. The tables were covered with platters of food. Waiters circulated in time with the music. Flutes of champagne balanced on their silver trays. He fed me marinated olives. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry! Come on, girls, get a grip, get a grip. I can't read for my eyes are watering. (laughs) Pushed. Pushed. flesh into my mouth his fingers lingering on my moistened lips (laughs) (laughs) and later (laughs) when the band had slowed its tempo we danced eyes closed bodies pressed so close we moved as one there I'm not going to (laughs) genius simply Uh. genius uh, my my Nora nearly scandalised. <laughs> and that was just my the olives. Tr- I know. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Your Nora, you were saying your Nora. Your Nora my, is scandalised. My Nora would 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 yeah. She'd have to have a run <coughs> down in the darkened room after that. Oh God. Oh, oh dear. Uh, that was brilliant. So Absolutely this brilliantly. Party, I can't follow that. You should, you, should do, you should write erotica. Yeah, you should. I can't Nick. follow that. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, I so, can. You, what, what, what was your audience? So, my audience was men. <laughs> I think the Lees might have been men. <laughs> 
Uh, I can't follow it. Am I, I'm going to sound so dull now. No, no, you're going to be fine. Go on, go for it. The best party. It was the best party. Better than Trevor's last week. Better than Christopher's the week before. I knew I had them when they noticed that I'd gone all out and imported special Scooby snacks. I'd kept that quiet. I know that technically I went against the group's rule that we should share and care about our fellow scooby de doobies but I couldn't resist. It took me months to find the Scooby Shack in San Francisco when it was mine, all mine. Sometimes quietly, it's good to make your mark. I mean, what about that time Colin had paid for that woman to serve the sandwiches dressed as Daphne? He'd gone all out to impress on his party night. It was all going so well till her red wig caught on the scented candle he'd balanced on the mantelpiece. Poor woman. It's not everyone who can remain in character whilst their head's on fire. She was a trooper. So much so that I've booked her for Christmas. And how about the time Gerald rolled up in a camper van he'd painted with psychedelic flowers? It had taken him a fortnight. Well, it was a pretty good evening till he got a flat tyre and Nigel tried to fix it without a jack and broke the big toe of his left foot. <laughs> then there was that time Ronald tried to squeeze into a pair of glue bell-bottoms that were two sizes too small and slipped a disc. <laughs> and that time Roger tried to grow his hair like Shaggy but ended up clinically depressed because he got thrown out of the bowling club on a technicality which excluded members who appeared unkempt. <laughs> I'd say that they had no style, but still, each to his own. Oh, happy days. <laughs> Subtle is the way I like to play it. The Scooby Snacks are going down a treat. It's the best party. The best. What's that, dear friends? Fellow Scooby Doobies. What's the big reveal tonight? Well, you're right. I did promise, didn't I? Okay, are you ready? Here, boy. Here, boy. Here you go. Come here, boy. Ta-da! Meet my new great dane scooby-doo what's the matter what's that i'm cheating it's against the rules to have your own scooby no 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 you don't understand i just happened to be passing the dogs home there just happened to be a great dane in need of a home they were looking for an experienced owner with extensive grounds who could look after his needs what's that what's that you're saying i've never owned a pet before I live in a one-bedroom flat on the fourth floor. There's no dog's home within a radius of 100 miles. Well, details, details. The thing is, I love him, I do. Now, dear doobies, don't you think that this is the best party ever? <laughs> Brilliant. That is excellent. Never, ever, ever go, you know, sort of like, go, oh, no, this is going to be dull. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, I love the We're ricocheting, so against all the odds, two and a half hours have set up and ta-da, a podcast emerges. It does, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know. They just put the three of us in a room together with microphones that work, um, you know, and that are plugged in. Not saying any names. Well, I'm the one that's bought the wrong microphone, so I'm not saying... <laughs> I think I think Hamish is still scarred. He'll, he's going to be scarred forever on that one. Uh, well, we do have to give another shout out to yes. soundsound.co.uk. Sound, yeah, Hamish is where you, where you, yeah, with Hamish is where we all want to be. Yes, yes. Awesome. Oh, did I say that out loud? It's yes, true. Yes, you though. did. 
It's brilliant. <laughs> yes, he's absolutely fantastic. So thank you, Hamish. So, oh, yes. well, listen, thank you for podcasting. Yeah, well, thank you for podcasting with me and us <laughs> and etc. <laughs> Where can you find us? So we're w- on Facebook. Yeah, yep. certainly. www.thebookwhispers.co.uk uh, And you can also find us on Facebook as The Book Whisperers. Um, so join us join us as the, the uh, free group uh, to join um, and share your writing and join us on Monday nights as well. Um, so, yeah. So that's yeah. where you can find us. Hurrah. Thank you Hurrah. so much. Woo-hoo. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. I'm sure they will have done. Oh, I'm sure, Join I'm us sure next they would week. have absolutely loved it. <laughs> next week for more inappropriate chatter. Absolutely. <laughs> and Lee's erotica, which might just be a fixture. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good point. You know, we could no. do that. We could do that as a as a weekly event. So, <laughs> hey, did you notice, Mary? You and I are pimping Lee out. <laughs> no. I know. I noticed that. That's that's abuse. That is that's podcast abuse. <laughs> I have to say, I think we've always been pimping Lee out. It's just I really just noticed. <laughs> maybe maybe it's author abuse as well. Can there be Ooh. such a thing as author abuse? I don't know. But we should maybe put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Abused but still writing. Yes. Keep <laughs> writing, everybody. Yes. Have the loveliest of weeks. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 We're actually blowing kisses. Bye. 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 Bye.